I decided to make this post because I've never come across a story that lined up with the beings I saw. When I was in high school, me and four other friends were hanging out, and we decided to go to a park area at a nearby lake. So we park in the parking lot and start heading down the path that leads to this gazebo-covered picnic area with about six picnic tables under it. It's around eight, nine o'clock during the summer, so the sun is setting and it's starting to get dark. My friends and I are being loud and joking with each other and not really paying attention to everything around us, but I notice that there are two guys under the gazebo. So I turn, and I'm like, guys, guys, there are people over there. So we look them for a second, and there's one guy that has his arms crossed and leaning up against one of the gazebo posts, and the other is sitting at one of the picnic tables with his arms on the table. They look completely proportionate and human. One guy had a hoodie on with his hood up, and the other guy had a hat on. So I yell, hey, what's going on? They don't say anything or move. I decided to walk over to them, and one of my friends decided to follow me. But they were about five, ten feet behind me. I'm walking up to the gazebo and ask again, Hey, what's up, guys? No response. I'm still not noticing anything weird about them other than the fact that they aren't responding. I get about two feet away from them, and I approached in a way so that I had one to my left and one to my right. I look at the guy leaning on the post and notice I can't really see in details of where his clothes ended or if he had a mouth or eyes. And this guy is about four feet away from me and the guy sitting down is about a foot away from me and the guy sitting down is about a foot away from me. And I look down at him and see his skin. His clothes were the same, as in they were like this fuzzy, almost pixelated black. He had a perfectly human-shaped face but no eyes. No nose holes. No nose holes. No mouth. At that moment, I just freeze, and it takes all my strength to get my body to start stepping back from them. I can't speak, and there is no way I can turn around. It felt like my energy was being drained out of me. This whole time, that was probably mere seconds, but felt like a long time. They didn't move an inch or speak. I finally stepped back far enough, and me and my friend that followed me to off-running down the path, and our other friends followed. It definitely was an I-should-not-be-here vibe from them and very bad energy coming from them. My other friends saw them pretty close and felt the same way I did. I can't explain it, but if anyone has had something like this happen to them, I would love to hear about it. Okay, so first off, these stories are 100% true. Most were told by family and friends through the years along with some of my own encounters in the rural mountains and ridgelines of my county. Of course, as with all creepy stories to give you a good scare, take them with a grain of salt. However, I must still say that these stories are as real as me, sitting here writing this up. I hope you all find these as interesting as I do. I have grown up in eastern Kentucky for several years since the age one, my family, both sides have grown up in the rural Appalachians their whole lives as well. But as with modern times moved to the small town nestled here in a valley, situated in between rolling hills and deep ridge lines, where the following stories take place is a rural area nestled deep in the Appalachian Mountains. It's got a name, and it's considered a county. However, the area where my dad's family grew up in, within this area, and where these stories come from, 
is more like a collection of deep ridges and mountain folks than anything else, just to clear up any confusion that this is in an actual town. During the early days of the settlers, these mountains were home to the Cherokee Indians. Many cemeteries in this area has actually around 30 to 40 graves of Native Americans, buried there marked with stones and rocks, rather than a more traditional Indian burial routine in the 1800 George Washington. Aide de Camp Cole Grayson was bestowed upon him a 70,000-acre piece of land, which now is where my town is located at today. Story 1. In the 1970s or 80s, my mom and her aunt, along with her small cousins, were driving in an empty road just outside of town, when they created the top of a hill where an abandoned farmhouse stood. They stopped their car in its tracks when they saw a massive hovering saucer-shaped craft hovering over the house. Frightened, my mother and her aunt booked it out of there at a high rate of speed. Scared, they continued down the mountain back to town quickly. However, when they looked in the Riverview mirror, they saw the craft coming after them at a high rate of speed tailing the car and keeping up with it. They attempted multiple times to evade the craft, but to no avail. It chased them for over a mile back to town until finally just at the edge of the county road that leads back into town it finally disappeared. My mother has told this story at least 100 times to family and friends, most of which believe her as they too have seen strange lights in the sky, in and around various areas of the community. Though some don't, she drew me a picture of the spacecraft a few years ago, which I still have. It's gray and almost metallic-looking by the way she drew it. It has red lights on all edges of the bottom of the craft, along with a few green lights on the sides of it. If anyone wants to see the sketch, I will happily oblige. Story 2 when my mother was a child, old enough to know when something is going on, was at home with her parents and siblings one night, a man whom her mother and family already knew and were acquainted with barged into the house, scared out of his wits. He lived in a cabin deep within the woods some miles away during his stay there. He reported poltergeist activity, orbs, and paranormal activity within the property and house itself. He would go on to tell my grandmother that reportedly he was tormented all night by a demon who threw pots and pans, glasses, and even furniture at him. This went on for almost the entire night. It would throw them completely out of the cabinets, almost hitting him with it. It also reportedly started knocking and tapping on the sides of the house and thumping the walls and ceiling. Finally, he mustered up the nerves to utter the Lord's Prayer, an attempt to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. This seemed to piss if off even more, and causing it to become even more aggressive, and now would try to kill him with more heavier objects. He ran from the house and spent around seven to eight hours walking through the wood and rural country roads back to my grandmother's house. While on his way to the house, he reported that he could hear footsteps trailing him in the woods and next to the road, but he could see anything It continued this for several hours until he finally reached their house. Story 3 in the nineties in town sat a white brick house at the top of a small hill. A man and his wife lived for several years. The man was in his forties or fifties, and the woman somewhere around the same age, I believe. Anyways, one day while my mother was working at a local gas station, where the woman also coincidentally worked at the man had called her saying that something was wrong with the gas in the house, and he was going to go look at it to see if he could fix it. The gas was located in the basement, 
He went downstairs and laid on his back and crawled up under the thing to see what had happened. He lit a match, and immediately the house exploded, sending rubble everywhere, and a massive fire hall and smoke that could be seen throughout town the man's wife who saw the explosion from the gas station. Ran home to discover the house gone and nothing left but its foundations. The man's body, as one might expect in a situation like this, was blown into pieces with body parts even littering some neighboring houses. Since then, it has become a local legend that the man's spirit haunts the house that was built on the land where the original one stood. The show Ghost Hunters, or maybe another ghost hunting TV series, actually filmed an episode here because of the experiences by the home's inhabitants, everything from pots and pans rattling and stuff being thrown around to actual manifestations inside the residence. I was on a rock run or all-day land navigation course for training, and it's getting real dark in the woods, and I get the feeling of being watched. I figure it's one of the instructors shadowing me, so I stop and look out into the brush off the little game trail I was on, but I couldn't make anything out. I shake it off and keep on my way, because this is timed evolution. Then I hear loud, thumping footsteps, and it sounds bipedal and huge. I freeze up and and my natural night vision was kicking in a couple of minutes ago, and I see this big-ass tree, and I see something move behind it, and I figure it's just a hog or black bear because they frequent the area. Also, I'm trying to rationalize. I stand up tall and growl kind of throaty under my breath, not really loud at all, and not two seconds later this monstrous or demonic growl like in the movies when that monster roars like that happens. I'm a man of science, but at the time, all I'm thinking is paranormal, and I... Usain Bolt laser-beamed the F outte there until I make it to a checkpoint and catch my breath, and try to explain to the watchmen what happened. Naturally, they told me it was a bear, and to stop being a bitch. This bothers me till this day. I have been to the zoo and heard lions roar. I grew up hunting with my family and heard grizzlies too. And this wasn't that. It was so loud and alien like something I've never heard before and loud like a metal concert. I felt real small and vulnerable that night. Last night I remembered a time I think I experienced sleep paralysis. I say sleep paralysis because I have no other logical explanation for what had happened. It was years ago and I couldn't sleep at all. At around 4 a.m. in the morning, the door to my bedroom was opened and out came a woman who looked very similar to my mother. My family and I went camping every summer on a lake in a very rural part of our state. This lake has no houses on it, as it was state land, and I later learned that camping was prohibited, but we would load up our aluminum rowboat and make three trips across the lake with enough gear and firewood to last five, seven days. We always camped out on a narrow peninsula that had a clearing big enough for three, four tents and spent our days fishing and swimming. The lake wasn't huge, but in order to hike to where we were camped, it was about five miles from the nearest road. I've always been drawn to the secrets of the past, the whisper of ancient civilizations, the stories etched into the very earth. So when I moved to this small New Mexico town, nestled near the ruins of the Anasazi, it felt like coming home. Little did I know I had awakened a nightmare. The day I found the relic a strange stone figurine 
was the day our quiet town was cast into a shadow of fear. It started with the echoes. Eerie, wordless whispers that seemed to come from the ruins themselves. When we discovered it, it was almost too simple. The skinwalker could not resist answering to its true name, and so armed with this knowledge, we embarked on the most dangerous part of our journey, to call out the beast and bind it once more. The night we confronted the skinwalker was one I will never forget. I have many stories, but these stick out for me, camping in the Alberta foothills in a remote place with my mom. We're just finishing up dinner, probably crap dinner, and it's dusk, and we hear a crashing through the woods. The dog starts to go crazy, and we watch. Frozen, as a moose yearling comes barreling towards and past our sight trailed closely by a large black bear. Doesn't get more Canuck than that. I never imagined that my job as a park ranger in Sequoia National Park would lead me to the edge of the unknown. Strange disappearances and gruesome discoveries had plagued a remote lake nestled deep within the park's lush wilderness. As the reports grew more disturbing, my fellow ranger and I embarked on a quest for answers, unknowingly delving into a world of cryptids and dark secrets. I had a sketchy experience yesterday, figured I'd share the story. It was about 4 a.m., and I had just gotten done reading that Fleshgate dump thread that was up here yesterday, when I decided it was time to go out back for a smoke. I usually handle that stuff fine, but some stories in the thread managed to get to me, partially because there were a few encounters that allegedly happened in Pennsylvania. I live in Maryland, so not in my state, but still way too close for comfort. For the story's sake, behind my house there is about fifteen yards of thin woods, and behind those woods are apartments. To the right of my house there is a big clearing, with a patch of bamboo behind that. I always just assumed she was nosy and wanted to make sure I wasn't doing drugs or something. So I continued to smoke my cig. So I continued to smoke my cig, still had that feeling of being watched. But the added light dummy glasses made me feel secure enough to kill my cancer stick. I started thinking more about the lady with her light on and realized it's pretty weird that she's looking out here through the woods at 4 a.m. I mean, she literally turned on her light two seconds after I flipped mine on, almost as if she was signaling or something. I took a few more drags and thought I heard the footsteps again, but they sounded closer like they were at the edge of my fence where the porch light couldn't quite reach. The sun hung low on the horizon as our group of friends set out on our daring adventure. We had heard rumors of an uncharted area in the park, a place said to be a hotbed for cryptid activity. Intrigued by the unknown, we decided to explore this hidden realm. Navigating through dense undergrowth and overfallen logs, we stumbled upon a hidden valley. Ancient trees towered above us, casting long shadows over peculiar markings etched into the ground. Excitement coursed through our veins as we realized we had discovered something extraordinary. As night settled in, the forest took on a life of its own. Strange sounds echoed through the air, unseen creatures stirring in the darkness. We huddled closer together, our nervous laughter masking our growing unease. Suddenly from the depths of the forest emerged a towering figure 
a massive bipedal creature with the unmistakable silhouette of a dogman. Its eyes glowed with an otherworldly intensity as it let out a bone-chilling howl, warning us to leave its sacred domain. Fear consumed us as we scattered, desperate to escape the wrath of this supernatural guardian. But the dogman was relentless, its powerful strides closing in on us with each passing moment. One by one, our cries of terror were silenced as the creature unleashed its deadly fury. Morning arrived, casting a faint light upon the valley. Park Ranger Joe happened to pass by, curiosity piqued by the eerie stillness that hung in the air. Drawn by an inexplicable force, he ventured into the valley, unaware of the horrors that had transpired. His footsteps faltered as he stumbled upon the grisly scene. The lifeless bodies of my friends lay strewn across the ground, a testament to the ferocity of the dogman's attack. Overwhelmed by the sight, Joe's consciousness faltered, and he fell into unconsciousness. What happened in that valley would forever haunt our memory. The dogman had claimed us all, leaving no survivors. As for Joe, his fate remained uncertain, suspended in the realm between awareness and oblivion. The sun continued its ascent, casting its warm light upon the valley. Nature resumed its tranquil facade, concealing the secrets of the cryptid realm once more. The park would forever bear witness to the tragic tale of our ill-fated expedition, a cautionary reminder of the dangers that lurk in the unknown corners of our world. Only she was eerily pale and had a crack in her face as if she was made out of porcelain. Her hair was wiry and she hunched over. My heart was pounding as I saw her. And she said in a low, rumbling tone to go to bed. But it came across almost like a threat, pointing her long nails at me. I tried to scream, but I couldn't get the word to escape my lips. It was as if they were sewn shut. One summer night, when I was eleven or twelve, I set up my tent further into the woods, about one hundred feet away from where my parents and younger brother were sleeping. I had recently discovered masturbation and didn't want to put my tent near my parents where they might hear me fapping. Anyhow, things start off like usual. My dad takes me and my brother fishing while my mom starts making her famous camping stir-fry, and we all have a great night around the campfire. Eventually, we all retire to our tents and sleep for the night. At around 3 a.m., I woke up to the sound of slow footsteps. Crunch. Stop. Crunch. Stop. Closer and closer the sound got. My heart started racing. I was old enough to not feel like a kid, but in that moment I was totally down for the hide under the blankets, and the monsters can't get you defense. At that time my major fears were aliens and Bigfoot, so I was certain that something was approaching my tent to abduct me and or drag me off into the wilderness. I hunkered down in the fetal position, safe in my sleeping bag, and the sound just kept getting closer. Eventually the Bigfoot alien was right outside my tent, just standing in silence. Then it exhaled with the lung capacity of a woolly mammoth whoosh, dropped a handful of what sounded like jelly beans, turned around, walked back into the forest. I never really got back to sleep, but a few hours later under the safety of the rising sun, I mustered the bravery to leave my tent and survey the area. Directly outside my tent was a pile of deer shit and a couple of fresh tracks. The woods are scary. Then the animals began to act strangely, their eyes filled with a primal fear. 
and then the deaths began. Each body we found was more horribly mangled than the last, their deaths a gruesome mystery that sent waves of fear through our close-knit community. It was during these dark days that I met the local Navajo elder, a man named Grey Owl, who held the keys to our salvation. He told me of the Skinwalker, a malevolent spirit capable of shifting forms between man, beast, and mist. The relic I had unearthed, he said, had trapped the spirit for centuries, and in my ignorance I had set it free. Fueled by a desperate need to undo my mistake, I found myself drawn into the world of Navajo legends. Grey Owl became my guide as we delved into the history of the Skinwalker, searching for its weaknesses, for a way to put the spirit to rest. We were plagued by horrifying visions of the Skinwalker, its form twisting and changing before our eyes. Its growls haunted our dreams, its presence a chilling undercurrent in every shadow. And all the while, the death toll continued to rise. But we pressed on, piecing together the fragments of ancient lore, fighting against the clock and the creeping dread that threatened to consume us. The skinwalker was a creature of malice and trickery, but it was not invincible. Every creature, Grey Owl insisted, had a weakness. The wind howled through the ruins of the Anasazi, carrying with it the echoes of the past. As Grey Owl chanted the Skinwalker's true name, the air grew thick with a malevolent energy. And then it appeared. It was a terrifying sight, shifting from man to beast to mist, its form barely contained by the mortal realm. But Grey Owl stood strong, his voice unwavering as he repeated the name, binding the spirit with the power of its own identity. With a final bone-rattling howl, the skinwalker was pulled back into the relic, its form shrinking and twisting until all that was left was an eerie silence. The relief that washed over me was tainted with the bitter taste of regret, but with Grey Owl's guidance, I learned to forgive myself. We had put the spirit to rest, returned peace to our town. But the echoes of the past remained, a haunting reminder of the ancient powers that lay just beneath the surface, waiting for the unwary to awaken them. Decades later, I'm female 30, on a solo me, cation with my dog in the West Kootenays. 16,000 up a logging road from the nearest pavement, and I ditched my car to backpack down and camp on a deserted white sand beach. I see no one all day. So I'm swimming and suntanning and drinking and smoking weed in the nude and just generally being my degenerate granola self. At one point, a fisherman trolls by, and there are some far-off boats, but that's the most human interaction I have. I stoke a huge fire and play loud tunes. Bedtime comes, and I shut down my sight and tuck the dog in the tent with my axe and hunting knife, and we pass out. I wake up hours later to the sound of footsteps in the sand, not really getting closer, almost as if whoever it is is circling at a distance. It sounded like human feet with back front transfer. All my hair stands up on end, and I immediately regret being the naked drunk chick lighting a huge signal fire to let any creep within eyesight know where I am. I sat in that tent, gripping my axe in one hand and my knife in the other, as I waited to be murdered by some backwood psycho next to my wimp dog. Eventually the footsteps faded away, 
I'd like to think it was a bear or cougar, but my spidey senses still think it was a two-legged danger beast, left like a bat out to hell the next morning. It all began with a Reddit thread. Late one night during our research, we stumbled upon a series of accounts detailing encounters with a creature dubbed the Lake Serpent. Witnesses claimed to have seen a massive aquatic cryptid lurking beneath the lake's surface. Its monstrous presence believed to be responsible for the recent disappearances and mutilated animal carcasses. Driven by a sense of duty and curiosity, we set out to investigate the claims. The lake lay before us, its tranquil facade concealing the mysteries that lay within. We scoured the area, meticulously documenting any signs of the cryptid's existence. Footprints, eyewitness testimonies, and unsettling legends further fueled our determination. Days turned into weeks, and our pursuit grew more intense. Our research led us down a dark path, uncovering a history of strange occurrences and a story that had long been whispered among locals. Folklore spoke of a cursed lake, a gateway to a realm where ancient creatures dwelled, hidden from the prying eyes of the world. Then, on a calm afternoon, as the sun cast its golden glow over the lake's surface, it happened. The water rippled, breaking the serene tranquility. We stood frozen, breathless, as a behemoth creature emerged from the depths, the lake serpent. Its form was majestic yet terrifying. Scales glistened under the sunlight, and a powerful roar reverberated through the air. For a fleeting moment, time stood still, and we were face to face with a creature that defied reason. But as quickly as it had appeared, the lake serpent vanished. It slipped beneath the surface, leaving us stunned and awestruck. We exchanged a knowing glance, understanding the weight of the truth we now held. Yet... Even as the adrenaline coursed through our veins, a hint of melancholy settled upon us. We knew that no one would believe our account of the cryptid that rivaled the legendary Loch Ness Monster. We had witnessed something extraordinary, but our experiences would be met with skepticism and dismissed as mere fiction. As we stood there, overlooking the lake, we silently vowed to protect its secrets and preserve the delicate balance between the known and the unknown. All this is pitch black, mind you. Also, there is a woman on the ground level of the apartments that I think watches me smoke sometimes. Her flat sits on a hill, so she has a good view of my house and the surrounding area. This will be important later. So anyway, I stepped out the glass sliding door on my room to my backyard, and things started to get weird. Once I got out there, I started to hear meowing coming from the bamboo. I have a cat, so part of me wanted to investigate. It sounded like it was young and possibly injured. But I obviously decided of all that, because 4 a.m. Cat, however, kept making the same exact cry, over and over, at what seemed like perfect five-second intervals. I eventually just started to ignore it. I lit up my cig and instantly felt like I was being watched. After getting that sinking feeling, I started to now hear footsteps coming from the bamboo patch. It sounded too big to be a cat or something, but still too small to be a human. But I wasn't quite sure. Needless to say, the Fleshgate stories in Pennsylvania had me creeped, and I couldn't see shit. 
so I decided to run back inside really quick and grab my glasses. While I was inside, I decided that the pitch darkness would make it too easy for something to creep up on me out of the woods, so I decided to turn on our outside light underneath our deck as well. Here is where I really started to nope. After I stepped back outside with the light on, I noticed the lady across the way also turned on her porch light. She has a glass sliding door that faces in my direction as well. At first I thought nothing of this because she flicks her light on from time to time while I'm out there. As soon as I noticed this, she turned her light off, then back on again, then off, then on. She continued this cycle for about 30 seconds before eventually shutting off all the lights in her apartment altogether. I thought about this weird pattern for a second, because she had never done that sort of thing before. Whenever I had been out there in the past, if she turned her light on, it simply stayed on until I went inside. She has never done this on, off on, off on before. I started to make a few connections in my head and right away thought of that urban legend where a lady unknowingly gets into her car with a killer in the back seat and the asshole truck driver behind her keeps riding her bumper while flashing his high beams to alert the woman to the danger. This made me nope the F out when I started to see the similarities. Was this supposedly nosy, middle-aged woman flashing her porch light at me to alert me to something that I didn't notice? I have about a six-feet-tall fence around my yard. Something could have been waiting in the darkness on the other side of the fence, where only she could see, due to being atop a hill. This also got me creeped at the cat meowing. One of those things could be aware that I have a cat, and tried to mimic the meow to try to lure me over. As soon as I connected these dots, I shat some bricks and went right back inside. She never flickered her light again. I didn't fall asleep until about six when the sun came up. And that's my story.